sing a verse of Revive Us Again. Give everybody time to get in and me to get hooked up here. Let's sing a verse of Revive Us Again. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us That's always a, a good song. I trust that these little sessions here on encouraging our relationships at home will bring revival in our homes. If revival is in our homes, it's not going to stay out of the church. And if it's in the church and in our homes, it's not going to, you know, not have an effect on our community. So <clears throat> many of these things start in our homes. May the Lord be with us as we consider this. Today we'd like to consider a little bit of the relationship of a youth with your mother. <clears throat> that is a good subject. This is another one of those relationships that brings favor from the Lord because it's included in honor thy father and thy mother. I doubt if there's anyone <clears throat> in your life who does more for you in a practical way than your mother. Would that be right? I would think that would be uh, an easy no contest. But I want to begin by telling you something about your mother that is very, very unique. And it may be true with other people too, but it's more true with your mother. And that is, even when you reject her, <clears throat> as Proverbs says, even if you despise your mother, even if you have no relationship with her, your mother still has a relationship with you. That is very unique. And that is a very blessed thing. <clears throat> and it doesn't matter if you're a boy, or a girl, or good looking, or not good looking, or handicapped, or young, or old. It's just as true with me as it is with y'all. <clears throat> Even if you hurt her, even if you wound your mother and reject her, she still has a love relationship with you. Now, I know you can kind of find some exceptions, and, but, but this is of God. This is what God put in a mother. She will always have that love relationship with you. And it's because you were conceived in her womb. She made you. Now, I know God made you, but God used her. To make you. You were made from her. And she knows that. And she feels that. You are part of your mother. And because of the drama of birth, because of the pain of birth, because of what a mother goes through at birth, she feels like she gave her life for you. At least she laid her life on the altar to bring you forth. That is what is in her heart, and because of that, she will always have a relationship with you. I want you to know that your mother is for 
you. Your mother will defend you. Your mother will pray for you. When everyone else is done praying and given up on you, your mother is probably still on her knees. She's probably the one that will be there. Because your mother is for you. There are a lot of relationships that struggle in different categories. And they struggle to make it, and they do make it some. But one reason they struggle is because they're not really for each other. They're more for themselves. They, they want this relationship to go. And make sure you don't try to build a relationship that way with your father and with your mother. You, you know that you're for you, but you want to have this relationship with them. Your mother is for you. I remember when Twyla and I got married, we had a song sung at our wedding. I always liked it. It goes like this. We are one in the bond of love. There were two of us, but we are one in the bond of love. We are two serving God above. We are three with Jesus. We are for each other. I always loved that verse. But your mother is for you. That is a very significant point about your mother. <clears throat> and because of that, it's always easy, easier to build a relationship with your mother than with other people. It's because she's going to respond quickly because she's already there. And that's a blessing. <clears throat> In building a relationship with your mother, again, I'm going to remind you that you will never rise above practical Christianity. <laughs> you will never rise above practical kindness. And your mother is going to be one who is very responsive to favors, to acts of kindness, thoughtfulness, thankfulness, that is a big one. You know, appreciation, uh, doing, lending a helping hand, noticing what needs to be done. And again, reminding you, probably no one has done more for you in a practical way than your mother. But probably no one notices it or is more special to her than when you return those practical favors. That builds a relationship. I want to read a little poem here brought along. You probably all heard this. <clears throat> but it says, I love you, mother said little John. Then, work forgotten, his cap went on, and he was off to the garden swing, leaving his mother the wood to bring. I love you, mother, said little Nell. I love you better than tongue can tell. But she teased and pouted half the day, till mother was glad when she went to play. I love you, mother, said little Fran. Today I'll help you all I can. Then to the cradle she quietly crept and rocked till the baby sweetly slept. Next, stepping softly, she took the broom and swept the floor and cleaned the room. Busy and happy all day was she, helpful and cheerful as she could be. I love you, mother, again they said, three little children going to bed. How do you think that mother guessed which of them really loved her best? You're just never going to rise above practical Christianity. Those things build a relationship <clears throat> with your mother. Boys, I want to say something to you. How you treat your mother, even the relationship that you have with your mother, is a powerful, good example, a very accurate example 
of how you will treat your wife. Is that scary? What kind of a marriage will you have? (laughs) History just bears it out over and over. How you treat your mother is a very accurate symbol of how you treat, will treat your wife. Girls, (laughs) because of that, if you want a good man someday, a good husband, may God give you one that loves and appreciates his mother. He will be a blessing. He will take care of you. And now is the time to practice. Go home and practice. It's an exciting practice. Boys, if you take breakfast for granted, you just expect it to be there and hot. Uh, If you take clean bed sheets for granted, you just plan on them being there and the bed made. If you take your packed lunch for granted, if you take clean clothes for granted, you just expect them to be hanging in the closet and folded in the drawer. You don't think about it. You just expect them to be there. If you take homeschooling and all that you've learned for granted, if you take supper for granted and the clean plates that you eat it on for granted, then you probably don't have the relationship with your mother that you should have because you don't love and appreciate her enough. If you take the protection that you have through the day and you feel that protection comes because of the prayers of someone else, if you take that for granted, you probably don't have the relationship you need to have with your mother either. Those prayers ascend to God in your behalf and in your behalf every day. Those should build your relationship with them. They should not let you take them for granted. An expression of thankfulness on a regular basis. And I said an expression there. Don't just be thankful. Tell her. (laughs) That's part of building a relationship is communication. It has to be there. An expression of thankfulness, a thoughtful helping hand. Don't just picture yourself being helpful. You know, get up and do it. And notice what needs to be done. That is a special thing to a mother. When a child says, well, the trash is full, Mom, I'll take it out. Or I see the wood box is empty. Let me carry some wood in. Well, son, I think we're out of wood that's split. Well, I'll split the wood. I mean, be a willing volunteer. In those ways, those go a long ways. And I want to encourage you boys, purpose in your heart to go home and do that and and just see what that does to your relationship with your mother. Just make an experiment out of it if you want to. But you be diligent and then you just see. I mean, it's a a no-fail formula. But it's also an accurate symbol of the kind of husband that you will be. This is the kind of thing that makes parents say, that was a good Bible school. 
Girls, I want to encourage you to go home and, and help your mother with the things that she does. You know, with the younger children, with homeschooling, maybe some younger children, with cooking, sewing, cleaning, the garden, the things that you do. You know, I had a daughter one time, and she came to my, my wife, and she said, Mom, you're too busy. <clears throat> she said, Mom, uh, I want to be in charge of all the washing from now on. I don't want you to do any more washing. Any washing that needs to be done, I'm going to do it. You show me how, you show me how you want it done, so it's done the way you want it done, and I'm going to do it your way, and I'm going to be the one in charge of doing the washing. <laughs> That's what she said. <clears throat> and, you know, I just noticed after that happened, and she did it, after that happened, my wife was extra defensive of her. When anything came up, I mean, she was, there was no way you were going to get through to, you know, her daughter. Those things build relationships. It's just a no-fail formula. <clears throat> it really is. Well, I want to also mention again your relationship with your father, like I said I would do, as we talk about your relationship with your mother. And this is very, very special here. But you need to, to have a right relationship with your mother. You need to understand God's order of her relationship with your father, which is the husband and wife relationship. She is under his leadership. She is under his authority. She is the weaker vessel. She is in submission to his direction. That is God's scriptural order. That is what God puts forth in his word. That is God's heart. And if you have a relationship with your mother and you don't have a relationship with your father. Now listen carefully here. If you have a relationship with your mother and you don't have a relationship with your father. And that's doubly bad if your mother is struggling with her relationship with your father also. But if you have a relationship with your mother and you are together with her, going against your father, ooh, be careful. Command the chariot to stand still. There is a time to pray. There is a time to beseech. There are situations, we know that, and we know there are times when the husband or the father can be won by the chaste conversation of the wife, and I'm going to add to that, and the children. But that is not God's order. It is not. Be careful. I have seen fathers do some very ungodly things that I don't believe was in their heart to do. I've seen fathers do some very ungodly things in reaction to that kind of setup. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or not, but it, it does happen. Be careful. God has an order. <clears throat> Youth, I want to encourage you to build a relationship with your father. Go after his heart. I'm going to tell you something that you will do 
If you have a relationship with someone, or at least if you want a relationship with someone, at least you'll be very willing to do this, and that is to pray for them, to pray earnestly. I really appreciated the tail end of the discussion I got in on down there and some of the girls they were talking about. Sometimes we don't, we forget the power of prayer. The comment was made. That's a blessed comment. Let's not forget the power of prayer. And I'm not going to do this this morning, but I would like to ask you, how many of you have prayed earnestly for your father? I'm not talking about the kind of prayer of Lord save his soul or Lord please break him or Lord please teach him a lesson or Lord breeze, please help him to be more understanding in our situation here. I'm not talking about that kind of prayer. I'm talking about the kind of prayer in light of God's order where you make yourself vulnerable and you come into the presence of God and you honor his established order and you make yourself vulnerable before God and you pray God. Give my father. God, I know that you want to mold my life with my father. God, I know that you want me to obey my father. And God, I am going to do it. God, please. What you have for my life, put it in my father's heart. God, give it to my father. Give my father wisdom. God, have mercy on me. I don't understand everything, but I know your order. And God, I'm going to obey my Father. Have you ever prayed like that? I tell you, it takes faith. It does. It takes faith beyond us knowing what is best for our life. It takes faith believing God can use someone else to direct us. That is God's order. And it's a blessed prayer. <clears throat> I don't know very many people that have prayed a prayer like that. But I want to tell you part of my testimony of someone who has. My wife has. There was a time in our life when <laughs> things were really hard. I think maybe I was pretty hard. I'm not even sure. I definitely was confused. Maybe I was unbroken. I know I was hard. I know I wasn't under authority. I know I wanted to be. But there were some confusing times. That was about the time when I wanted to change churches. I had a son that left home. And my wife was not happy. And, and it was hard. And my wife was hurting. And she came to me. And I want to tell you what she said. And I know this is how she prayed. She said, Dale, she said, I'm hurting. She said, I, I'm, not, I'm having trouble having confidence in your decisions. I, I, I'm, I need direction. And I don't agree with, with your direction. She said, and it's just about to kill me. And she said, I have to come before God because I told God, and this is what she told me. She said, I told God, Lord, I know that you have told me to submit my will to his leading. And she said, I, I, I don't agree with it. But she said, I knew that if I did not do what you told me to do, that I would have to stand before God someday. And I would have to say to God, God, your plan didn't work for me. 
in this case, I knew better than my husband and I had to rise up. She said, I knew I would have to tell that to God. And she said, it scared me. And so she said, I've committed myself. Dale, I'm going to do whatever you decide. She said, please take this thing before God. Care greatly for me. Hear God's heart for me and for our family, because I'm going to do whatever you say. Now, I want you to know that did a whole lot more for me than if she would have raised her hand in church and said, would you please pray for my husband? I'm not sure he's born again. I'm not sure he's following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Would you please pray for me and for my husband? I tell you, there's a lot of husbands who react and do things that they wouldn't normally do that are very ungodly because of that setup. But I tell you, when my wife did that, I'm very humble when I say this. That's probably why I'm here. That's probably my, why my family is where they are. God has restored that relationship with my son that left home. It's, such a, it's just in the category of a miracle. There's no other way to explain it. I feel like God moves when there's a prayer like that. If a, if a young man comes before God and says, God, I'm going to do whatever you say. You know, God just, there's feelings stir in God's heart, I believe. I think he just says things like, I like that fella down there. He reminds me of my son. I'm going to be jealous over him. I want to encourage us. Revival in the home brings revival in the church. It brings faith to the children. It brings joy in each heart. And I want to encourage us. Let's put faith in God's order. It's a beautiful thing to do. Why don't we, uh, why don't we sing that verse again to revive us again, and then we'll be dismissed here. We're kind of at the end of our time. We praise Thee, O God, for the Son.